Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, February 1st, 2013. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are on page 114, the very first paragraph that begins, There Are Exceptions. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Miriam, 12 Traditions, Gwen, Sharon, Sarah, Hoodie, and Rick. The share code for yesterday, Thursday, January 31st, was 3798. 3798. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Miriam to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Monica. This is Miriam calling from Israel, a compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our life has become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we have harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory, and we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscience contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overreaders and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you, Miriam. I will now ask Gwen to read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Monica. Uh, Gwen here from New York. Thank you for this opportunity. The 12 traditions. Tradition 1, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. 
Tradition 2, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Tradition 3, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Tradition 4, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. Tradition 5, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Tradition 6, in an AA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Tradition 7, every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Tradition 8, Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Tradition 9, AA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Tradition 10, Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the AA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Tradition 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. And Tradition 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Gwen. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirements for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 114, the first paragraph that begins, There Are Exceptions. And I will ask Sharon to begin reading, please. Good morning. This is Sharon, recovered compulsive overeater and very grateful. Thank you, Monica. And I'm glad to be with you on the phone, all of you. There are exceptions. Some men have been so impaired by alcohol that they cannot stop. Sometimes there are cases where alcoholism is complicated by other disorders. 
A good doctor or psychiatrist can tell you whether these complications are serious. In any event, try to have your husband read this book. His reaction may be one of enthusiasm. If he is already committed to an institution but can convince you and your doctor that he means business, give him a chance to try our method. Unless the doctor thinks his mental condition too abnormal or dangerous, we make this recommendation with some confidence. For years, we have been working with alcoholics committed to institutions. Since this book was first published, AA has released thousands of alcoholics from asylums and hospitals of every kind. The majority have never returned. The power of God goes deep. Wow. Wow, this is just such a hopeful hopeful paragraph. But at the same time, it's a very serious paragraph. It tells us the serious nature of what we're dealing with. This is nothing to play with. In this, this is referring to the alcoholic. It's assuming that the wife is reading this paragraph, but here we are as the addict reading the paragraph. When I read it, I have two hats on. I have the hat of being a spouse who has a partner uh, that I have to deal with, and I'm reading it as the addict recognizing that my spouse has to deal with me in this way, and I have a very serious disease that has to be looked at and considered. So it's, it's, I have to be very open-minded when I'm looking, when I'm approaching my disease and my circumstances in my home, because I live in a situation that has some dysfunction, complicated very much by my own disease. And a lot of the dysfunction in my home comes out of myself. Now, I have to say that as I've recovered, that dysfunction has normalized. It has, it has come into alignment, but it hasn't it didn't just happen overnight. It happened by me working the program and uh, working it hard. I want to point out a couple things in this paragraph. The first thing that our our writer here says is when we're looking, it says there are some exceptions. Some men have been so impaired by alcohol that they cannot stop. So when presenting this program, we have to, it has to be done so with a sober mind, recognizing that this is a deadly disease, a disease that affects the mind, and that sometimes the person that we're dealing with, be it ourselves, our family member, needs medical assistance. Oftentimes, our problems are cannot just be dealt with by ourselves. We and and I when I'm working with my sponsees, 
one of the first things when they encounter trouble is I have to say, is this something that I can deal with or is this something that I need to refer out? And in some cases, that is what needs to be done, whether it be to a medical professional, doctor, or a psychiatrist, because there are mental issues. There are uh, issues that affect our mind, and it happens so often in our program. The reality is, is that nothing, nothing is impossible to solve, be it uh, issues that, that need medical attention, attention or issues that need psychiatric help. And that's what we're dealing with. The other thing I want to say is that uh, from what we read here is that regardless of what your problem, regardless of your family members that may need psychiatric help, that may need medical help to address their issues, regardless of yourself, that need to where you have to seek out medical help, where you have to seek out uh, psychiatric help, regardless of any of that. From years of working with alcoholics and compulsive overeaters who have been in these situations, thousands, thousands and thousands and thousands from the worst situations from the very worst, much worse than anything any of us perhaps could even imagine, have been helped, have recovered, have, re- have never gone back into the food, into the addictive life, have started and have recovered one day at a time, working their way out of their deep, deep problems, There is recovery. It is possible. That's what this paragraph is saying to us. That's the great hope that we have. I don't care what our situation is, what your situation is, the majority have never returned back to the food again. That's our hope. One day at a time, 24 hours at a time, the power of God goes deep. And I'm excited about that. It happened for me, and I am thrilled. And it's still happening, one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Good morning. It's Leah. Morning, Leah. Hey, Monica. Please share. Good morning. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leigh. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Sometimes there are cases where alcoholism is complicated by other disorders. A good doctor or psychiatrist can tell you whether these complications are serious. Again, much like uh, Sharon just stated, uh, AA does not oppose outside help. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? There are uh, experts in their fields that sometimes we need to uh, solicit their their guidance and their, their support and their direction. Um, so, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. The 12 Steps uh, does a great deal, obviously, but there are things that uh, go beyond uh, the 12-step umbrella, and, and we need to seek further help. And then just at the bottom of the paragraph here, since this book was first published, AA has released thousands of alcoholics from asylums and hospitals of every kind. 
the majority have never returned. The power of God goes deep. And indeed, you know, this is the uh, message of hope that these um, thousands of alcoholics from asylums and every kind and hospitals of every kind have been released and have been restored today. Um, obviously, this book was penned in 1939, but the same solution uh, that's written on its pages uh, works today. It works today. And uh, this is not about personal success, and this is not about glorification of self. This is about getting out of your own way and cooperating with the grace of God so that he can restore each and every one of us to sanity. You know, that is possible, and that's what recovered people um, share. Recovered people are like a big show-and-tell operation. Recovered people are living proof that the grace of God has come in as, and has restored us to sanity. You know, th- that's what the grace of God is all about. That's what a meeting is all about. A meeting is all about sharing that no human power could fix us. No human power could uh, show me how to live because it took God to transform us. Just like those three pertinent ideas that are written in the beginning of the text. You know, we admitted we were compulsive overeaters and could not manage our own lives. No human power could have relieved our compulsive overeating. But God could and would if he were sought. You know, that, that is the message of hope that this book offers since this book was first published, that we can be restored to sanity, that we can be rehabilitated, that we, our lives can be reordered, that we can have a renewed life, and that we can be reborn. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Would anyone else like to share on what was just read? Okay, then, so let's move on to the next paragraph. Sarah, can you read, please? um, Good morning. This is Sarah, compulsive overeater. You may have the reverse situation on your hands. Perhaps you have a husband who is at large but who should be committed. Some men cannot or will not get over alcoholism. When they become too dangerous, we think the kind thing is to lock them up. But, of course, a good doctor should always be consulted. The wives and children of such men suffer horribly, but not more than the men themselves. Should I just read the next two sentences? Yes. But sometimes you must start life anew. We know women who have done it. If such women adopt a spiritual way of life, their road will be smoother. You know, I love the reality that this, book um gives us you know it's you know love and tolerance and you know and kindness for all but sometimes you know love has different looks differently in different ways and you know we think the kind thing is to lock them up and you know for the for the alcoholic it doesn't seem very kind you know sometimes you know loving tough tough you know love it does not always um feels so rosy. Love takes on a lot of different um faces. And 
when someone who should be committed is not committed, it's very hard to have the strength. You know, but this book is telling us that that's the kind thing to do. And always, always with the guidance of, you know, a good doctor or someone who who knows more than we do. You know, the, but and so on with the awareness, the wives and children of such men suffer horribly, but not more than the men themselves. You know, to do all of these things, you know, you can do them as, you know, victimized by this horrible person or, you know, the compulsive overeater and feel victimized by them. Or you can look at them with just the awareness that they suffer more horribly than you do. You know, you can walk away, but wherever wherever they go, there they are. And, you know, and I say that for my, you know, and that's so true when, you know, um, there we all have people in our lives that we um you know who who some of them you know who need this program who don't who don't want it and who who aren't willing to have it and we have to you know as much as you know we suffer from their behaviors they suffer much more than we do and here but sometimes you must start life anew you know thank god um you know it's interesting i just say this but i it just came to my head how, um, you know, I, I grew up in a home of, of compulsive overeaters, and it was so dysfunctional. And I, you know, and, and it's, you know, 13, 14 years old, I, I left my house and I boarded away for high school. And my mother said to me, she said, I need to save your soul. I need to save your soul. And she knew that I needed to start a new life. I moved into strangers' house so that I could, you know, have high school normal. And learning a spiritual way of life to make the road smoother, you know. And, you know, God, the power of God goes deep. The power of God goes deep. With that, I pass. Thank you, Sarah. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? Star one to unmute. If this is Paula, may I share, please? Yes, Paula. Go ahead. Thank you. This would be Paula, recovered compulsive overeater. I'm going to scoot down to that second paragraph and that line. But sometimes you must start life anew. We know women who have done it. If such women adopt a spiritual way of life, their road will be smoother. I want to look at that word adopt and what it means. When we adopt, we bring something into our family or we make it a part of. And this is what they're clear on. Adopt a spiritual way of life. Their road will be smoother. Smooth it does not say. It doesn't say, okay, now it's going to be smooth. Smoother that it will be. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? Hi, this is Emily Ruth. May I share? Go ahead. Thank you. Um, what I get out of that, I, I kind of just want to, um, you know, piggyback on what was said about, you know, this 
when we take on a spiritual life, it doesn't mean that life is going to be um, perfect and nothing is ever going to go wrong. It's the idea that we can better handle situations when they do go wrong. And, um, you know, living with another addict or having your own addictive behaviors or my own addictive behaviors, I speak for myself, um, you know, I am coming to believe that my higher power does not cause my suffering or inflict my suffering, but my higher power allows the allows my suffering to happen as a way for me to understand that as a way to, to become closer to my God. Because I know um, when I was much younger, life was very, very easy. I was very sheltered. Um, and I took life for granted in a lot of ways. And now that life is much more challenging and I have a great deal of responsibility and um, you know, I feel I do suffer at times. When I'm in my suffering, I turn to my higher power. And when life feels blessed and balanced and sane, I appreciate it all the more because of my struggles. So um, I think that when we turn to our higher power, as this says, you know, it's that, that's when life becomes more of a, a flow. We flow with life. So with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, well, let's continue on to the next couple of paragraphs. Hoodie, can you read? Okay, hi, Monica. This is Hoodie, compulsive overeater. If your husband? Yes. If your husband is a drinker, you probably worry over what other people are thinking and you hate to meet your friends. You draw more and more into yourself, and you think everyone is talking about conditions at your home. You avoid the subject of drinking, even with your own parents. You do not know what to tell the children. When your husband is bad, you become a trembling recluse, wishing the telephone had never been invented. We find that most of this embarrassment is unnecessary. While you need not discuss your husband at length, you can quietly let your friends know the nature of his illness. But you must be on guard not to embarrass or harm your husband. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Hoodie. Would anyone like to share on what was read? This is Katie. Good morning, Katie. Please share. Good morning. I'm Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater. And this 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 chapter is to wives. So um, the wife is being told here, you know, as hard as it may be, your husband may not ever recover. Um, and that's probably a good place for them to be. And I, you know, it is so sad that some people never recover. But the fact is it's not someone else's fault and to let um, you know they're teaching them how to to uh, coexist with the disease um, which is a difficult thing to do you know as the because the alcoholic is going to make their choices whether to ever uh, pick up 
recovery or to just keep on their uh, way in their disease. And I know um, for myself, I didn't blame other people. You know, I I knew that I was doing to myself, um, you know, I certainly felt like a victim and, you know, blamed my circumstances. But as far as an individual, you know, it wasn't their fault. And I would have really thought it was strange if someone thought that they could uh, get me to stop. So, you know, the enmeshment that goes on in families is really sad. And this is just teaching them that, you know, you don't have to, you can go on your merry way and you can learn how to live um, a new way of life without um, letting the other person's disease ruin your life. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Katie. Would anyone else like to share on this? It's Leah. Go ahead, Leah. And then Sharon. Thank you so much. Um, If your husband is a drinker, you probably worry what you worry over what other people are thinking and you hate to meet your friends. You draw more and more into yourself and you think everyone is talking about conditions at your home. Again, as Katie just stated, you know, this is Chapter 8 and it's directed to the wives. And out of this pain and discomfort that we're reading about was the birth of Al-Anon. And as it says on page 121, the fellowship of Al-Anon family groups was formed about 13 years after this chapter was written. Though it is entirely separate from Alcoholics Anonymous, it uses the general principles of the OA program as a guide for husbands, wives, relatives, friends, and others close to alcoholics. So, you know, out of this pain, out of these ashes, was born a program called Al-Anon where the solution is the very same solution that's offered to alcoholics. It's the very same solution that's offered to compulsive overeaters. And that solution is a relationship and a consciousness with God. Um, Because if our trust, reliance, and dependency is on God, then we can have the stability to be governed by these principles. You know, that's what they're going to direct these wives to, um, are these principles, these principles like faith, these principles like courage, like willingness, like humility, like perseverance, you know, and, and spiritual awareness and service. You know, they, they wives spoke to wives. You know, they, they gave, they uh, brought wind beneath others' wings that needed some support and a, and, a, and a lift up. So it's these same principles. As these people um, become more aware of their codependency and more aware of their expectations and more aware of that faulty dependency on their husbands for a sense of stability and a sense of happiness and well-being, what the big book is directing these wives to is that same solution that you and I need. 
And that solution is God. Because each of us has little control over another person's actions and considerably less control over another person's thinking and little or no control over their emotions. Our only chance to change uh, you know, someone else's behavior is with God's help to change our own. And although that sounds painful and although that may seem unfair to have to work on our own selves when the other person seems so obviously wrong, the results are much more rewarding. And as you can see, um, you know, alcoholism roared its way through the lives of their loved ones, just like compulsive overeaters. We just heard that from another uh commenter that you know compulsive overeater roars its way through the lives of spouses through the lives of children because we aggravate we aggravate the worst character defects in other people so the bottom line is that there is one solution for all of us on this planet well for those of us at least involved in this program right and that is a relationship with something that's indestructible and unmeasurable and that's a relationship with a higher power a power greater than ourselves that can restore all of us to sanity with that i pass thank you thank you leah sharon go ahead sharon, are you star to me? one Yes, this is Sharon. I actually hadn't spoken up to speak, but I tell you there is <laughs> so but I there is but thank you Monica. I I there is something that no no not a problem because I I'm looking here at um again this is very serious stuff. They're saying that there are there are some situations rare uh if for people who truly follow our path they they will recover you will recover we will recover we do recover but there are situations that that doesn't happen uh and and we have to go on our we have to part ways uh the wife and children of such men suffer horribly but not more than the men men themselves but here it says that uh sometimes you must start anew and in reco- as we recover sometimes our spouses our partners don't go along with it sometimes they don't like the change that they see in us um and that that causes their behavior to to get destructive to our recovery if it is affecting our recovery we for me, I know I would say it's affecting, I know it's affecting my life because for me, this program is life or death. I do know women, however, whose spouses would not go along, their partners would not go along with this, with their program. They miss their eating partner. They uh, liked the way the person was when they were in the food. They, they were comfortable with the dysfunction of their life, of their home life. And when the woman began to recover, they ratcheted up the anger, and the the uh, uh, it just became unbearable to live with. I know I know at least one woman who decided that, or more than one who has decided that 
keeping that relationship was more important than her recovery. And when she went back into the food, and of course, all of her problems returned, except for now, they, there was some semblance of peace in the home because uh, now the partner wasn't acting out. But if such women adopt a spiritual way of life, their road will be smoother. So it may look like going back into the food is the easy way. But what the big book says is the spiritual way of living. Although life is not going to be easy, starting anew is going to be the easier way than going back into the old. And any recovered person can attest to that. Um, It is an easier way. It may look easier because you don't have to stand up. You don't have to learn this new way of living. You, you, you know what to expect when you go back into the old. You know you, the, the dysfunction is comfortable. But what we're being told and what we know for a fact is true is that the road is smoother. It's smoother if we stick with our recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. This is Monica, and I would like to share... This is Sherry. Uh, we are in, pardon? Uh, um, I'm Sherry from Georgia. Go ahead, Sherry. Sherry? Thank you, yes. Uh, I'm Sherry, a compulsive overeater. And uh, it's really great that I have um, found this um, event for you. Um, I wanted to comment on a couple of things um, that really um, touched me, and that was the sentence that says the power of God goes deep. Um, and also um, the sentence, if such women adopt a spiritual way of life, their road will be smoother. And and um, the um, person who said the definition of adopt is to bring into, um, into uh, your life. Um, I took that as to say that, uh, you know, bringing in a spiritual life that that is, um, you know, you I bring it into my life. I adopt it into my life as a way of life, um, a spiritual way. Um, and then another one I wanted to comment. Um, it's amazing how um, this book uh, it it talks about um, about every aspect of the disease of alcoholism and compulsive overeating. Um, I recognize as a, uh, this sentence at the bottom of page 114, you draw more and more into yourself and you think everyone is talking about conditions at your home. I can remember feeling this way as a, as a child or a young teen uh, with conditions in my home. Um, and also I can I can... I can see in that sentence that it also means to me that when I am in my disease, that I draw more and more into myself, and I think everyone is talking. Um, And without pass, thank you. Thank you, Jerry. This is Monica, and I'm going. I would like to share on what uh, we've been reading here, and like has been said, we're in the chapter two wives. 
And I, I like how on this, what, these two paragraphs we just read here, that these writers way back in the 1930s are bringing into the light here for the wives to read and see here things that they're going through. You know, people didn't probably, you know, this stuff wasn't talked about. It wasn't brought out. And here they're, they're giving them a lot of hope. And they're saying to them, you know, you probably worry over what people are thinking and you hate to meet your friends and you're drawing more and more into yourself. You avoid the subject of drinking, you know, even with your own parents. You, you don't know what to tell your kids. When your husband is bad, you become a trembling recluse, wishing the telephone had never been invented. So they're, they're bringing this all out into the light. You know, this should be comforting to uh, a spouse, you know, if someone reading about this. Yeah, I can identify here, you know. And then they go on and they're giving them some directions here. And he said, you know, you don't need to be embarrassed. This is not, it's not necessary to be embarrassed about this. And while you need not discuss your husband at length, you can quietly let your friends know the nature of his illness. And I like these directions for us as compulsive overeaters, for those of us that are dealing with other people or people that have to deal with us, that um, there's directions here to follow. And of course, the bottom thing that's being brought out here is that it's God, it's God, it's God. You know, God can help every single one of us through anything. And with that, I will pass. And let's move on. And Sharon, would you read, please? Star one, Sharon. Okay, this is Sharon. Um, If your husband is a drinker, you probably worry over what other people are thinking and you hate to meet your friends. You draw more and more into yourself and you think everyone, excuse me, we just read that, didn't we? Yes. When you have carefully explained. Oh, when you have carefully explained to such people that he is a sick person you will have created a new atmosphere. Barriers which have sprung up between you and your friends will disappear with the growth of sympathetic understanding. You will no longer be self-conscious or feel that you must apologize as though your husband were a weak creature, character. He may be anything but that. Your new courage, good nature, and lack of self-consciousness will do wonders for you socially. And this is what this paragraph is referring to, and I'll just be real quick and and allow someone else, but I just really quickly want to say that this is the result of honesty. This is the result of when we are honest and, and open about our situation, when we stop hiding, when we stop covering up what's going on in our home life, then this is the benefit that we get. We get um, the wonders start to happen. The wonders when we're honest and open. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Would anyone else like to share in what was read? It's Leah. Go ahead, Leah. Thank you, Paula. 
Thank you so much. When you have carefully explained to such people that he is a sick person, you will have created a new atmosphere. Again, um, you know, each one of us has an opportunity uh, to create a mood. You know, that's the reality, our attitudes and outlook upon life. Uh, and the way we express that affect other people. Uh, so here we have an opportunity, um, you know, to create this, these wives. The big book is guiding that these wives have an opportunity here. When you carefully explain to such people that he is a sick person, you have created a new atmosphere. Barriers which have sprung up between you and your friends will disappear with the growth of sympathetic understanding. Um, here we go. You know, it's going to be dominated by something that's a spiritual in nature. That's going to be um, a principle. You know, sympathetic understanding. It's kind of like, uh, you know, brotherly love and 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 hope and honesty and courage. It changes an atmosphere when we build upon spiritual principles rather than our own wishes and demands and specifications. Um, there is a new atmosphere that is created. Well, you will no longer be self-conscious. We're no longer self-conscious because instead we're God-conscious. That's the whole program of recovery. It takes us from an existence of self-centeredness and self-consciousness and transforms us to God-consciousness. So you will no longer be self-conscious. Why? Because we're God-conscious. Because we're not going to be governed by emotions and feelings. We're going to be governed by something of a higher authority. We're going to be obedient to some spiritual principles and we're going to be disciplined. So it says you will no longer be self-conscious or feel that you must apologize as though your husband were a weak character. Or I like the way Sharon put it, as though your husband were a weak creature. <laughs> I kind of like that. Um, you know, we don't have to. Because why? Because we're not dependent on these people. The wives don't have to be dependent on the husband for stability and for a sense of well-being because that's a faulty dependence. Human beings are just that. They're, they're so darn human. But God, God is all-merciful. God is all-powerful. God is indestructible and immeasurable. So for our dependence is on the trust, reliance on, on God, then we will always be able to seek that safe harbor. And we will always be able to withstand uh, the harsh rains and the battering winds of life because we will have the stability and the bedrock of a relationship with God. It says your new courage, good nature, and lack of self-consciousness will do wonders for you socially. It sounds like a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. And then did I hear Paula? Would anyone this else like Paula. to share on what was... Okay, go ahead, Paula. I was Thank in that you. muting, unmuting phase here, <laughs> that atmosphere. <laughs> I am going to come in here and uh, two things. When you have carefully explained to such people that he's a sick person, now we have to be careful how we speak and what comes into it because look, the line before, what does it say? I'm going to take a little back step here. But you must be on guard not to embarrass or harm your husband. So they're the careful part. But then it says, you will have created a new atmosphere. If you do those things, barriers which have sprung up between you and friends will disappear 
with the growth, now this is how it disappears, of sympathetic understanding. But I want to go to two parts here that kind of explain, I think, to me more details about your husband first. Um, you must apologize as though your husband were a weak character. He may be anything but that. And does that not that say on 35? We have a description here of an inter, inter, uh, an, um, an alcoholic. He is a good salesman, and this would be our friend Jim. And uh, everybody likes him. He's an intelligent man, normal so far as we can see, except for nervous disposition. And then it goes on to describe him. So see, we don't see such a bleak picture there does take him eventually place but that other part here your new courage good nature and lack of self-consciousness will do wonders that's it wonders for you today you walk differently you think differently why because you are different your life isn't controlled and ruled by alcoholism and I wanted to read, we read in the beginning, but I'd like to read here on 571 what it says about here, about this alcoholic. And here we see the atmosphere of change in emphasizing, and this is the last award, in emphasizing alcoholism as an illness, the social stigma, there you go, associated with this condition is being blotted out. The other part. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? Okay, let's move on then to the next paragraph. Sarah, can you read, please? The same principle applies in dealing with children. Unless they actually need protection from their father, it is best not to take sides in any argument he has with them while drinking. Use your energies to promote a better understanding all around. Then that terrible tension which grips the home of every problem drinker will be lessened. Should I go on? Yes, go ahead. Frequently, you have felt obliged to tell your husband's employer and his friends that he was sick, when as a matter of fact, he was tight. Avoiding, avoid answering these inquiries as much as you can. Whenever possible, let your husband explain. Your desire to protect him should not cause you to lie to people when they have, the, when they have a right to know where he is and what he is doing. Discuss this with him when he is sober and in good spirits. Ask him what you should do if he places you in such a position again, but be careful not to be resentful about the last time he did so. I need to think. I'm going to pass. Thank you, Sarah. Would anyone like to share on what was read? Okay, this is Monica, and I will share on this. Um, again, here the uh, big book is definitely giving the uh, spouse a lot of, of information, instructions on how they can do things differently. 
and basically it sounds like they're saying, you know, don't um, enable your um, the person that has the problem, the alcoholism or the compulsive overeating. Don't cover for them, um, and uh, let them face their own issues and 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 to be careful. And to talk with him about this, you know, to to, to tell him this, that you're, this is the way you're going to be when they're when he's sober and in good spirits, and also ask him, you know, what what he thinks you should do. And then, and it says, be careful not to be resentful about the last time he did so. And that's so important because we know that resentments are underneath so much of the way in resentments and fears are underneath so much of how we react and do things and here they're being given instructions about not doing some of these things and again it's it's as a result of working this process and learning that to trust and rely on God and learning to live by the principles and being honest and um, perseverance, humility, um, that we start changing our attitudes and our, and our way of reacting to other people. And when we do that, then we don't find ourselves in those areas of resentment. You know, love and tolerance can be our code. And I'm going to pass with that. And would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Katie. Pardon? Can you hear me, Monica? I heard, is it Katie? Let Christy go. That's fine. Oh, Christy. Okay. Christy. Oh, okay. Hi. Sorry about that. I've had trouble with uh, the phone line this morning. Um, This is Christy, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'll just say quickly that you know, in this chapter, what this chapter reminds me of is what it was like to live with me. You know, what was it like to live with me? Um, you know, and, and the people who loved me, um, you know, the, the wife who loved me, you know, tried anything, you know, tried everything. Um, detaching with love, um, you know, maybe one day I wanted all the food cleared out of the house because I, I couldn't have it in the house anymore, and so all the food would get cleared out of the house, and then the next day, you know, I wanted to go eat at a buffet somewhere. I was all over the place. I was crazy. Um, go to family events, uh, you know, and then it looks like there's trouble in the relationship. I don't want to go to family events. What does the family think when I don't show up? There's problems in, in the relationship. I don't like the family. That's why I don't go. Um, and really what I wanted was just to be left alone with my food. You know, tell them I'm sick. Or I faked that I was sick. I'm sick and I, I can't go. I can't go. And then I would sit and eat. And, you know, listen for the driveway or the garage door to open, you know, to see if you were coming back. So, you know, it's good for me to remember what it's like to live with me. And for those of us who have also been on the, uh, you know, on both sides watching someone else, you know, for me, whether it's a, a partner or a family member or a sponsee who won't get well, what this program has taught me is that there's nothing I can do about that. There's nothing I can do about that. 
Um, I take care of myself. I stay out of the food. I live the principles of the program. I mean, what a great position of neutrality this particular paragraph talks about right here. You know, just don't take sides in an argument. Um, you know, stay out of a situation. Promote a better understanding. Uh, you know, to put your oxygen mask on you first. I mean, it's just, I mean, what a beautiful, wonderful way to live. And, you know, I will say that when I got into recovery, I, you know, I put the food down and, you know, experienced that first day of abstinence, which, which was nothing short of a miracle for me, nothing short of a miracle for me. Um, I was more excited about it than anybody else. <laughs> Everyone else who loved me was reserving judgment to see how it worked out. So... You know, I was excited that I could talk to people in recovery who were also excited about it and tell, you know, my, um, I had a little time under my belt and people could see that I was really serious this time about recovery. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Christy. And was there someone else there who had wanted to share? This is Katie. And Katie. on a compulsive okay. vote. Go ahead, Katie. A, okay. Thank you. I know we're about to close, but um, yeah. I'm a compulsive reader, and I just uh, I think that this is just getting to the point of saying, okay, wife, you know, stop worrying about everybody else, and um, just take care of yourself. And you know, we uh, maybe she has her own character defects she needs to work on, namely, you know, the judgment of of her husband and and. Uh, um, you know, I get, this is just explaining, you know, what we so easily talk about now, but 70 years ago, they didn't have the term dysfunctional family. But that's exactly what has happened here. You know, husband gets drunk, uh, beats the kids, um, or maybe just yells at the kids. And that's what um, they're saying here is that, you know, you need to get out of the way. You need to let... Um, the person who's in their disease start taking some, um, having some consequences for their actions, then maybe they'll start looking at themselves. And that's, you know, like Christy just said, you know, if our sponsees or, if, you know, other family members, because I can tell you my entire family is not abstinent. Um, but I don't call them every day and ask them to, you know, report to me about their life. I mean, I have to let them go. I have to trust that they have a higher power and it's not me. So that's what, you know, that's where people get to um, when they are, you know, <laughs> sick enough to stay with an abusive alcoholic or an abusive food addict is they get sick themselves. And this paragraph is starting to say, hey, you know, stop worrying about everyone else. You need to look at yourself. And that's what I have to do every day in recovery. I have to always constantly take it back to what is my part and what is someone else's part. What do I need to do? What is God asking me to do? And put the rest off. That'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Hoodie, can you read a vision for you, please? Hi, this is Hoodie, Compulsive Overeater. Um, our book is meant to be suggestive only. 
we realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find.